On today's episode of Recliner Reviews, we're talking about a weed movie, which is its own genre. And this movie is called... I remember when a dime bag cost a dime. Half-Baked. I'm sorry! You know, this, this, as legend goes, I don't know how true this story is, but according to Neil Brennan, this movie is literally a half-baked idea. This is what he said, and maybe he's stretching the truth a little bit, that Dave Chappelle promised... Uh, maybe it was Universal, I don't remember which company. In 1997, Dave calls me and goes, hey, if Universal reaches out to you, tell them we're writing a weed movie together. <laughs> and they just put it off forever, and they came up with this at the last minute and like threw it. It's literally a half-baked idea, hmm. which I think is funny because, you know, half-baked. That's super weird because um, Chappelle has been on like the Inside the Actor studio, and he said that he's unhappy with the way that the final cut turned out because he wrote something that was totally different. He wrote a movie that was totally different. And what this ended up becoming because of the final cut was quoting him, a weed movie for kids. Well, so, I think it was always a weed movie though. Well, yes, but like, I think the, what it turned into because of the final cut, he says is different than what he wrote. Now, I- well, I'm, I'm sure that's true too. I'm just saying like, not a lot of thought went into according but it would to the, seem like if if there not a lot of thought went into it and like he just kind of like rushed through it he wouldn't be so defensive and be like i'm unhappy with I, the way this turned out but right? i think i've heard him say too b b before that he has been unhappy and kind of not ran away from half-baked but was never necessarily proud of the movie in, yeah. the, in the years uh, after and i actually think this movie got better with age not necessarily because we think it's funnier, but because of Dave becoming more famous. Yeah. I think people look more fondly on the movie than they might have 20 years ago. Because I think it, it never got good reviews when it came out. Like, no. critically awful. But I think people talk about it in a more positive light now, in part because of him. And also because the reputation it had it, was that it did suck. And now people watch it and it's actually kind of funny and like they can, it doesn't suck that much. I, I, I don't know. So much of the stuff that he's done has been gold, right? And that's not to say that this movie isn't gold, but, like, there's, it's a very different type of humor. I would say it's not gold. I think I, I don't hate it, but yeah. I don't, it's not good. <laughs> I understand why he would be unhappy with how the movie came out. Yeah. I, it, yeah. And also, it's, 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 Chappelle's career is interesting because we think of everything he's ever done as, like, magnificent. But he started doing stand-up when he was, like, 14. And throughout the 90s, it's a lot of failure. It's a lot of bit parts. And um, you've got mail. We talked about how it, it, he turned... I think he turned down the role in Forrest Gump. Yeah. And that's how he ended up in You Got Mail, because Tom Hanks got him that role. Uh, he was in Con Air in a smaller role. Uh, this movie didn't turn out well. It wasn't until Chappelle's show, which was oh three, that... All of a sudden, I mean, he had great comedy specials, um, but that he really broke through into the mainstream. Yeah. So, yeah. and he was working a lot before then. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I think a lot of people watch this movie and they laugh at it because, again, it's re there's relatability. Um, but even relatability for somebody who maybe doesn't smoke weed, the the dating, the whole dating thing, right? Uh, there's some relatability there about like meeting somebody for the first time and being, I mean, it's so different now, right? Like you've got all your hinges and grinders yeah. and whatever, uh, that it's not like, oh, I see this girl. She's really hot. I'm going to like 
go up to her and ask her out and then like sit by my phone like you text like yeah whatever it's very different now but they're still like how do you impress somebody on the first date right and how do you impress somebody on a date when you don't have any money like how do you make that work right also the whole plot of like trying to get their friend out of jail it's uh there's something about a plot of like needing to raise money or needing to the goal is really easy to set up uh, for comedy. Yeah. It's like in Dirty Work, they're trying to save Artie Lang's dad, like get money for his surgery. Yeah. It's just like setting up that goal. It doesn't matter that it's about weed like throughout the movie. It's a pretty common comedy setup. Yeah, I agree. So I think beyond weed, this is kind of just like a run-in-the-mill sort of, I don't know if I'd say slapstick. Just, it's, it's definitely dumb. Um, and I don't even know if it's dumb in a smart way. It's it's just dumb, dumb. Dumb, dumb. And if you can just kind of bite your tongue and like not, if you're sitting down to watch cinema, you're going to be disappointed. But there's a, a, there's room for movies where you're sitting down, maybe you're having an edible yourself, and you're just going to laugh at some of the gags in the movie. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of talented people in the movie too. Yeah. Some of them sure. that ended up being actually in Chappelle's show. So, I mean, it's enjoyable, for sure. Yeah. It's just not, you know, I understand why Dave Chappelle is not touting this as one of his achievements, but I think they joke about it now. Like, Neil Brennan told that story that I mentioned in the outset at Chappelle's uh, Mark Twain Award uh, ceremony. Because I think now you can laugh at it, because after this movie, it wasn't like your defining thing in your career. You went on to do Chappelle's show, you had a bunch of stand-up specials with Netflix, like you're one of the greatest comedians of all time. It's like Louis C.K. made Pootie Tang. Did you ever see Pootie Tang? I did see Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang! We yeah. should do that movie. If that was the defining moment of his career and he never got off that, he would be uh, have nightmares about Pootie Tang. But thankfully, more more came out of his career than Pootie Tang. Yeah, and he's got nightmares about other things, too. That's not just a movie. But, um, so, you know, I think that, again, talking about relatability. So there's... A couple of things, right? Uh, the line uh, uh, with Jim Brewer where he's high and he's, who's coming with me, man? Who's coming with me, man? And, like, I feel like for me, that was a line that got thrown around a lot in college. Really? Just for anything. Like, in that intonation, in that voice, in that everything. Like, I'm going to the bar. Who's coming with me, man? And be like, all right, let's go. Like, it's, it that was a pretty good brewer. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Jim, I, I hope that you don't take offense to that. That's um, if you're watching. Wait, so when this, how did you receive this movie when it came out? Because I have an, a different perspective of watching this after becoming a Chappelle fan, after Chappelle's yeah. show. I like, probably saw it for the first time late thousands. Saw it before Chappelle's show. Um, pretty much like not right when it came out. I didn't see it in the theaters. Saw it shortly thereafter. Um, I know we just talked about this before starting the filming, but like I grew up watching Cheech and Chong. Uh, Cheech and Chong Up in Smoke. Uh, watched some of the other ones too, but they're that's another discussion for another time. But grew up watching Cheech and Chong Up in Smoke. And so like a lot of that type of humor and the like weed jokes that are getting kind of bandied about. There's a lot of similarities between the two, uh, between the two movies. 
And so, like, watching this movie, it was, like, a more up-to-date kind of Cheech and Chong. Yeah. And, like, there were a lot of lines that I found particularly funny that maybe you might not find funny at all. So, like, uh, in the scene where Chappelle is playing the, the like, weed guy, uh, I can't remember the name, right? Like, where he's uh, the famous dude who does the video called, called Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that guy, that character, um, after he smokes his weed and is high as a kite and now he's confessing everything, right, about himself. And uh, he has a line in there where he says, Doctor said I need a bacchiotomy. That line is hilarious to me and a bunch of my friends because just before this movie came out, um, I actually had back surgery. And so, like, that, they would throw that out at me. Like, say, like just dropping the, like, bacchiotomy. Like, you better be careful. You had a bacchiotomy. Like, you don't want to get another bacchiotomy. And so, like, there's, like, that line was, like, funny. Like, and it, it, it has lived on forever. Like, whether or not the, the whole movie is great and quotable, it's not. Mm. And it's not. Mm. But, like, it's things like that that, like, continue to live on with, like, my group of friends, right? The whole bacchiotomy thing is, is one example. Or, like, talk about, again, the relatability. The snack scene. Also, celery, grape jelly, uh, Captain Crunch with the Luke Crunch berries, pizzas. We need two big pizzas, man. Yeah, that's... Like, I don't know... You went to college after me, and so it was a little bit of a different time, and... But, like, when I went to college, like, it was a big deal if somebody... First off, if somebody had a car, gotcha. right? And then if somebody had that car and was like, I'm going to go to the grocery store, I'm going to go to Walmart. Well, I, I started school in Des Moines, so, like, going to the Walmart was, like, a big deal. Like, I'm gonna go to the Walmart. The difference being in this movie, it's like, you know, Jim Brewer starts, we need Funyuns. With some dip, man. Some beef jerky, some peanut butter, get some Haagen-Dazs ice cream bars. There would be people being like, oh, you're going to the store? Get me this, get me this, yeah. get me this, right? I didn't associate with that because it was always, if somebody's like, yeah, hey, I'm going to the store, does anybody want anything? I'd be like, I want to go because like, if I'm going, then I'm able to be like, I want this. Like, I'm going to get these things rather than being like, I want this. And then somebody's like, they come back with the food and I'm like, man, I really could have gone for a pizza puff. I got to get me a pizza puff instead. Right? Like if I'm at the store, I can choose that pizza puff. So like the snack scene, again, I don't know if that resonated at all. I mean, I went to, I went to school in a city. And we, uh, two of my roommates had cars, and we would like make a trip to the pick and save. Gotcha! Sometimes, and I would go and you know load up on the essentials like cheese and PBR. But um, no, I totally, I kind of know what you what you mean. But I also, I, I, I the snack scene I associate with, uh, and, and this is a point that it's kind of coming to me right now while we're talking about this movie. I think part of the reason, so I think it's funny that he like the list of snacks that he rattles off too, because a lot of it's like shitty stuff you eat when you're high. Yeah. But I think part of the reason that, like we were talking off camera about how I'm not a huge fan of Cheech and Chong, even though I'm a fan of comedy from the era, I think for the most part, I grew up in a era where marijuana was progressively being normalized and now it's extremely normal. I'm high right now. Uh, to the point where a movie about a couple guys being like, fuck, uh, need Slim Jims, like, it's silly, kind of, but 
like I you know people that are openly getting high all the time or yeah. like now I you can go buy gummies at the store in my neighborhood and get high like it's just but there's a dip but there's a difference now right like yeah it's normalized and now it's but like everything's dosed right and everything is yeah, like but, very specific so it's like if I'm gonna get high like maybe I'm just gonna pop an edible the, of, of whatever right? right as opposed to in this era which is kind of what you're getting towards right it's a little bit of a mixed bag if you got some weed like it could be really really powerful stuff right right you don't know what it or is or it could be like just mediocre or whatever which is why so it's like good that it's legal and you know what you're buying right I mean but but that's the difference between like the Cheech and Chong and half-baked era, like eras, right? As opposed to when you got to college into your era, right? Into like now, right? It's different. It's a different discussion when you're talking about wheat, right? It, it's 100% is, but I, the point I was going to make was I think the idea of two guys being high isn't as funny just naturally because... Like, I know two guys that are high at any given moment. So, but, like, my dad loves Cheech and Chong, too. And I think if I watched it in whatever year the first movie came out, 70s? 70s, yeah. yeah. I would be like, this is fucking hilarious. This is, like, oh, my God, these guys are so stoned, and they're, like, they're doing all this dumb shit. But now it's that just being high and doing something dumb, I don't think is funny. Because there hasn't been a real... Correct me if I'm wrong. It hasn't been a real stoner movie in some time because it's just the thing now. It's, it's like yeah. I watched I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry recently. That came out like 08, 07. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, obviously there's a lot of reasons why that movie wouldn't come out in 2022. But the idea of two guys just being gay isn't funny. Yeah. And married. Yeah. I agree. No, I mean, when it's normalized, it's not a big deal. Even that, I mean, that goes to the like... Uh, kind of on a similar vein, but a little bit different, right? When you go to college and like now here's alcohol available to you. Like in high school, it's a little more difficult to come by. You have yeah. to have somebody that's getting you all the things as opposed to like you get to college and it's pretty much just there yeah. like all the time, right? Especially if you are friends with people who are like seniors or juniors who are 21 and it's just like, it's here. here. You don't have like that animal house Right, where it's like Animal House, so we're just we're wasted all the time, and doing dumb shit and whatever. Like you just don't have that, and I think that's part of it because the prevalence of of alcohol, right? Yeah, and it's the same thing. Like as this has become, as marijuana has become more prevalent and acceptable, it's not taboo. Yes, because it's it's funny for Cheech and Chong or Dave and Jim Brewer and company to just be high when it's more taboo yeah it's like oh my god look what they did and now it's like oh my god look what they did i did that last weekend yeah well uh, uh by the way can i just make a mention that uh jim brewer was actually not high through the movie with the exception of one scene really yeah there's only one scene Cause he's a big pothead yeah there's only one scene that he was actually high um and that was at the end of the movie uh where they're dealing with the drug the actual drug dealer he wanted to reshoot his scenes, and uh, Jim Brewer was let go for the day, and Chappelle had given him some weed, and so Jim Brewer went off, and he went and he smoked some weed, and then they called him back and were like, hey, we need you to reshoot some of these scenes, and so he had to reshoot a couple of scenes where he was just actually high, and actually really, really high, 
uh, whereas most of the movie, he's not high at all. That, see, that's how you should do a weed movie now, is just make it all improv and have everybody high. Weed is tight. Weed is tight. That's awesome. That's awesome. Weed yeah. is awesome. Well, I mean, that could be good and it could be bad. It just depends. It depends yeah. on who it is, right? Yeah. Because, like, sometimes... Well, it's like drunk history. Like, they, yeah. people actually get drunk for that. If yeah. you do, like, a high... Uh, not high history, but... Um, I don't know, something where you have to... I don't know. I've, I've known people where there's a difference between the humor that they have when they're sober or maybe drinking or whatever, as opposed to when they're high, that they think something is a lot funnier than it is. Oh, I think everything's way funnier when I'm high. Um, but that kind of ruins it sometimes. Yeah. Where it's like, you think, it, you think something's hilarious, right? Like, there have been times where I've thought something has been really, really hilarious... And it's not at all. Like, you look back at afterwards, and it's like, this, that was not funny. Like, I, was, I thought it was funny. It's not funny. I don't know if you felt the same way. I mean, I, like, watched, uh, I watched Idiocracy High a few months ago. Almost made my laugh all the time. Actually, maybe it should, but it's like an asterisk. It's like the Barry Bonds. It like, took steroids. Because it was, it was one of the hardest I've laughed, but I've seen the movie like 8 million times. But this is the hardest time I laughed because I had... Like two edibles. Okay. So note to self, if I want to watch Idiocracy again, well, I yes. should watch it Yes, high? yeah. Okay. It's an amazing experience. Okay. When the Costco pulls up and it shows a big thing, it's so good. Well, I mean, I've, I'm sure that that would be hilarious to me because, I mean, you know, like I've said to you that every time I go to Costco, which I go to Costco every yeah. week, right? Like when I'm doing the checkout, the self-checkout you counter always you. says to you, is like, thank you for coming to Costco. And I always say to it, I love <laughs> you. <laughs> Every single time. Uh, do you have anything else in the movie? Uh, just two more things. It's hilarious to me that Dave Chappelle calls him, he's a janitor, right? But he calls himself uh, master of the custodial arts. Like, I feel like at this time, in the late 90s, early 2000s, everybody was looking for ways to reframe shitty jobs yeah, with, yeah. with words that, like, fancied it up, right? Yeah, so, like, like, master of custodial arts. Is they retired garbage man, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that that's hilarious. And then one of the like bits throughout the movie that I think is kind of underappreciated is Stephen Wright. Oh, I was going to mention that. Yeah, he's yeah. Stephen Wright as the sleeping guy on the couch, yeah. and then when he wakes up, Stephen Wright's character in this movie I don't think is appreciated nearly to the level. Because I don't think that as many people know Stephen Wright. I was going to say yeah, I don't think people know and appreciate him, even though he's one of the best joke writers of all time and it's a small role in the movie but it's so funny especially if you know him I know him I know him and yeah. his cadence and everything well I think that you I mean now we're going into the comedy aspect of it but like Stephen Wright paved the way um, you know with a lot of his comedy for so many different comedians that mm -hmm. like dry like straight delivery approach um, and the 90s were a different time, like where Comedy Central actually showed comedy. Yeah. Like they would show stand-up comedy. Now it's just the Office reruns. Yeah, now it's like, or, if, or movies or whatever. Yeah. But like Comedy Central used to be comedy. And they would show Stephen Wright a lot. It's a good thing there's gravity. Otherwise, when birds die, they just stay right up there. <laughs> and so like in the, growing up in the, like being fully growing up, grown up in the 90s and being able to watch Stephen Wright's comedy. Like, it makes sense, and that's why I think I appreciate him being in this movie. 
um, and his character in this movie. I don't think that, and correct me if I'm wrong, kids, uh, youth of today, generation, what generation would it be? Z. Generation Z. Uh, if you know Stephen Wright, write in, let us know. They probably I mean, don't. I mean, I know him just as a comedy fan. I love him. But he never, he never chose to be bigger than he was, I think, too. Yeah. He never, like, sought out leading roles in movies and sitcoms and stuff. Well, but I, but I also feel like, and maybe there's a difference between being alive and dead, right? Like There is. It's breathing. Yes. But, I mean, like, Stephen Wright being alive or Mitch having Hedberg been alive. Dead. But Mitch Hedberg, like, because Mitch Hedberg, correct me if I'm wrong, like, I can't think of any movies that he did. If he did, he wasn't a leading role. Yeah, right. no, I mean, Hedberg dying young, I think, I don't want to say help him because he's dead, but the uh, the, the legend behind him, yeah. the lore, got bigger because he wasn't huge. He was, like, huge in comedy. Because, like, kids today know Mitch Hedberg. Right. Like, he's all over TikTok. And it's, and it's cause, it's, yeah, it's in part because he's passed. And I also think, just the, the point about movies and TV, it's how, a, like, if you're a fan of stand-up comedy, you know Stephen Wright because he's one of the greats. But to get into the mainstream, yeah. you have to be on a sitcom or, like, more people know Ray Romano than Stephen Wright, even though yeah. we'd say, like, we laugh harder at Stephen Wright. But I just mean, like, when you compare Stephen Wright and Mitch Hedberg, right? Like, their yeah. comedy is pretty similar. Yeah. Like, there's a, there are tweaks here and there, of course, as every comedian goes. But like They're probably the closest. They're, they are the closest to each other. Yeah. And Stephen Wright paved the way for Mitch Hedberg. No doubt in my, like, no doubt at all. And people know Mitch Hedberg, but they don't know Stephen Wright. It's probably because he's passed on, yeah. Yeah, which is a shame because, again, I think Stephen Wright I think, is kind of a genius. I think Stephen Wright has, like, a normal life. Like, he has, like, a wife and kids and stuff, and he's just, like, a normal dude now. It's uh, good to know that he's still alive. I didn't know that he was still alive, so. I don't know how this reminded me of it when you brought it up, but another, just one other tidbit that I, I um, when I was trying to refresh myself on this movie... I mentioned Dirty Work earlier in this episode. This movie and Dirty Work are being filmed at the same time in Toronto, and the cast shared a hotel. So Bob Saget has an uncredited appearance in, in Half-Baked. Marijuana is not a drug. I used to suck dick for coke. I seen them. That's, I mean, that's pretty cool. And then and that, Norman, that, that hotel would have been awesome to be in. Seriously. Norm and Dave did a movie together a couple years after Screwed, uh-huh. which was like... Kind of how uh, Black Sheep is Tommy Boy too. Screwed was like uh, Dirty Work too. It just kind of had similar vibes to it, but it didn't take off. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna say this movie is buoyed by people enjoying the stoner humor. I don't think it's a good movie. Um, I don't think the number should reflect it being a good movie. But I'm still gonna say it's gonna be in the sixes, and I'm gonna say it's gonna be six four. That's what I was gonna say. Um, you could still say. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna go, I'll, I'll go double six four. Yeah. Six six. That's high. I mean, again, I think it's high. High, high jokes. 